Let's get into it then. All right. Awesome sauce. I ask that the gods and goddesses of our respective paths bless this circle so that we may be free and protected within this space. And if you have this one word, pagan or paganism. For the pagan community. Exactly. Right. The, the big umbrella. And that was fucking fantastic. Yeah. The best of the podcast year. ever. Hey! hey! We're, we're three pagans. Exactly. We're three pagans. And a cat. And may the works this day of be of the highest good for all present and those listening. So mote it be. The circle is cast. No self is of itself alone. It has a long chain of intellectual ancestors. The I is chained to ancestry by many factors. This is not mere allegory, but an eternal memory. Welcome to Beyond Blood, Non-Traditional Ancestors, the 101st episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of 19th century physicist Erwin Schrodinger. Thanks to Velocity Rose for our intro music. You can find more of their work at VelocityRose.com. You may call me Ode. You can call me Carr. I'm Ode's father. Mary Meet, my name is Gwyn Ode's mother. And, of course, that guy's cat! <laughs> Schrodinger's cat, yes. Schrodinger's is cat. Philosophical <laughs> construct, yes. He had, yes. His, he had his fingers in a lot of pies, sometimes considered the father of quantum mechanics. Very cool. I liked that quote. That was very good. Yeah. Housekeeping? Housekeeping? Oh, yeah. Um, we're all a little tired, by the way, so we apologize <laughs> if we're flaky, slow, or just us. <laughs> <laughs> that has implications for all the rest of the time. All right, so patrons. Mm-hmm. Patrons. Holy crap. Gonna be, gonna settle in. Settle in, folks. Yep. We didn't do this last episode because we were drunk. So right. it was our 100th episode. Mm-hmm. Right. So now, here we are. 101. We have... 31 kittens. We love you, kittens. Our cats are Amber, Beehive Coven, Chelsea, Cheryl, Christine Phillips, Christopher Dalby, Christy Claxton, Cindy Barrick, Dale Harvey, Alyssa Durka, M. Talasavari, Emily Kruger, Gary Bearstorm, Jasmine Ray Bell, J.T., Coney Briggs, Kai Oakenshield, Melks, Megan, Megan Sugalo, Michelle K.B., Rebecca Hillman, Rhonda Graham, Shokura, Squiggy, Tanya Allen, Tiffany, Vivian Armstrong, and Zankias. That's a lot of cats. That's a lot, a lot of, cats. of cats. We love you, cats. Ready? Mm-hmm. Our hunters are... Everybody settle in. Air, Anonymous, Amy Martin, Benjamin Walburn, Blondie, Briar Allridge, Brittany, Charles Howison, Delilah Darge, Dakota Wilmacat, Darby Lockridge, David Dashven Keys, Elfwort, Emily Hall, Emily Miller, Emily S., Felicia Hudson, Finn Odinson, Henry Wodenhouse, Yanni, Jax, J.C. Helmer, Jen, Jessica Glassbrook, Jessica Jones, Joe Frost, Juniper Shadowcat, Katie Goodmote, Kaylin Casey, Kimberly Lockabee, Laura Loki, Mackenzie Boyer, Megan Kipper, Megan Stanton, Megan Gerben, Melissa Varner, Melkor, Meredith Kenton, Misha Magdalene, Nadia Ratchford, Nick Shepard, Nor, Alwyn Crow, Al's Perch, Pablo B. Fudor, Ray Lothrop, Rochella Andashvid, Rana, Ryan Hopkins, Sarah Parkinson, Sarah LePage, Sarah Mims, Sarenth Odinson, Scubus, Suckaloo, Shannon Bednar, Sheila Bond, Silken Fern, Sky Hagen, Sky Sweetheart, Stephanie Edwards, Stephanie W., Stevie Thompson, Squeaky, The Pirate Cove, Usha Ursha, Victoria Selness, Ximi Kukoro, Yukari Lunara, Zach Howard, Zachary Cornwall, and Zed Castor. 
Wow. There's a lot of S's in there, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love you, hunters. Our leopards are Akaneko, Alyssa Addy, Kristen Villagas, Ellen Veals, Foxchild, and Gemma Atkinson. We love you, leopards. Our tigers are our Darren Summit, Kirsten Gill, Crystal of Apothecary Tees, Elaine Glansberg, Alora Driver, Jim Two Snakes, Nick's Falling Leaf, and Tree Wizard Creations. We love our tigers. Our panthers are Elizabeth Bull and QQN. Hello, panthers. We love you. Mm-hmm. Our jaguars are Amanda Hicks, Justin Stanage, Kelly Burke, and Kirsten Ray. And we love our jaguars. And a special thanks to Kirsten Zacharias, who donated a mic to us. Yes, right. Which someday. We will someday use. Someday we will use. Someday we will use. <laughs> That's it. We're housekept. No, no we, have to, we have to tell people the things we do every week now. Uh-huh. Like the book club Gwen does. Yep. Well, and Gwen can tell those. Well, the Sunday thing that you do. All right. So every Sunday at 2 p.m., we do a Zoom meeting that has absolutely no meaning, but is a lot of fun just hanging out. The links for that are on the Facebook page and the Facebook group and usually on Discord as well. On Monday, I do a live guided meditation at 8 a.m. Eastern on the Facebook page, I should say. And then on Wednesday, we have the Three Pigs and a Cat Book Club. We are doing How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kundi. It's been great so far. We're on Chapter 4 this week. So that is at 7 p.m. Eastern. The link is on our Facebook group, Facebook page, and shared in Discord under social, social justice. But that's it. I think I think we are now house. I think we're yes. now house kept. We are touching on ancestor practices again today. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't you do it. <laughs> Car just touched the mic. Uh, I was touching on it. Uh huh. So we've done an ancestor episode before, and we've talked about ancestors sort of intermittently in the middle of a bunch of other episodes, but we were asked to cover in more detail, because we just sort of skimmed over it in our ancestor episode, ancestors that are not related to you. Right. That covers kind of a wide range it does indeed. Individuals. I think the what maybe comes first to people's minds is adopted ancestors. Mm-hmm. I know that some people, it, it concerns them. Mm-hmm. I've, I've actually had some clients who I was reading tarot for who were adopted and weren't sure who their ancestors were. Yeah. You see similar things sometimes with people, African Americans, mm-hmm. who were, their sort of lineages were broken off right. a few generations back by the transatlantic slave trade. Exactly. So they can only go back so many generations before, like, there's just a bunch of big question marks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, those are two sort of slightly different situations, right? Yeah. So, like, if you, if you're, st- if you're trying to connect a blood ancestors, but you don't know who they are, mm-hmm. you're still doing blood relative ancestry work. Right. So you can use all the same sort of like language Mm -hmm. that you would use with blood ancestors you knew the names of. Just you sort of substitute in like blood of my blood, bone of my bone, that kind of a thing, right? Flesh of my flesh. Exactly. To be like, you know, hey, people who are like physically, biologically related to me, Mm -hmm. I don't know your names, but I want to honor you and welcome you to my altar. And gotcha. it's okay for people who are adopted who want to have their adopted families be part of, you know, their exactly. ancestor. And, and you do see that also with adopted people who don't know who their bio family is, right. but who want their biological relatives to also be part of their ancestor practice. Mm-hmm. Basically, adopted people are having to come at this from both directions with a lot of question marks sometimes. Right. In fact, QQ is just pointing out that this is something that they have gone through yeah. in the last year. Yeah, QQ says, oh my god, yes, I found out last year that the man who raised me wasn't my bio dad, so I essentially was adopted by my father's family and he passed when I was little. 
But now that I know he isn't actually blood, it gi- it's given me some mixed feelings about ancestor work, and I have no desire to work with my bio dad's ancestors because that whole family is shit. <laughs> I have enough. no desire to work with my biological yep. fathers mm-hmm. and my only fathers, personage or family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone before you start going back like multiple generations, probably. Right. Yeah. Uh, on that side of the family that you would like invite to the altar. Nope. Yeah. You would no. Work with no. Yeah. Willingly or intentionally. Right. Exactly. But your mother's side of the family is a different story. Right. Mother's side of the family is a significantly different story. And then I have a bunch of, like, random people who I consider to be ancestor worship adjacent. Okay. Right? Because they've passed. But they're people who I admire greatly. Right. Those are the sort of intellectual ancestors. Right. Yep. And most of mine are musicians. Because you're very into music. Because I'm very into music. (laughs) But, like... You know, Prince is in there. David Bowie's in there. Muhammad Ali is in there. I actually have a great picture of Prince and Muhammad Ali together that just is fabulous. They're actually both wearing the exact same color shirt, too, so it's a little weird. But <laughs> one of us is going to have to change. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a, it's just one of those things where, man, it just, like, those are people who impressed me by not necessarily just musical ability or boxing ability for Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. but who they were as people. Mm-hmm. Right. What, what is more important to me. And, like, you know, Muhammad Ali standing up and not going in the draft and maturing Vietnam mm-hmm. and saying, hey, right. I'm not going to go because it's against my religion. And just Prince's, the way he treated people who were close to him. He was a very aloof person, mm-hmm. but if you were in his inner circle, you were in his inner circle. Like and ride or die. Right, like exactly. Yeah, loyalty. exactly. Yep. And that's really what tonight is about. Uh, this episode. Yeah, that's is what about we're mostly these... going to be. I wanted to talk uh, talk on you know the situation with adopted ancestors yeah. because it's complicated. It is complicated. Um, and like I said, be... and, and and for adoptees, it can be complicated from both directions because mm-hmm. sometimes those records are sealed, so you can't mm-hmm. get information about your biological and then family. All you have is a people group, and sometimes like there's a discomfort or or an uncertainty about whether you are like allowed to mm-hmm. claim your adopted family's ancestors because right. you're not. Mm-hmm. Like, you aren't biologically related to them, so do they count? And yes. the answer is yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's a pretty straightforward answer. And th- I think that's why we didn't, like, expand on it in mm-hmm. the Ancestor episode, is it just, like, it just felt very, like, logical to me. Like, yeah, obviously, those right. people yeah. count. They're your family. Um, and especially, like, in heathenry, although modern heathens will blah, blah, blah about bloodlines all the time. <laughs> I love that. Well, blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah about bloodlines. <laughs> Um, <laughs> needs to be a t-shirt. Heathens blah, 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 about the bloodlines. But adoption was a really, like, standard part of culture in ancient times, right? right? Like, it was, like, there were set formulas for adopting someone into your family. And not even always children, like, adopting, like, blood brothers and things like mm-hmm. that. And when you get married to someone, you inherit their Family. ancestors, yeah. right? You know, so or you did back in the day, exactly. So. And well, and like, I don't think there'd be anything wrong with you, Gwyn, mm-hmm. venerating cars and like Datto. Yeah, right, right, because mm-hmm. you're married, you're family, exactly. And that's ex- it's exactly the same. And way. even though Gwyn's never met him mm-hmm. because right. he died when I was ten, my overabundance of feelings towards him mm-hmm. has kind of spilled over mm-hmm. and probably onto you too. Ode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have, like, a huge, like, emotional connection to Datto, mm-hmm. even though he died, like, well before I was <laughs> oh, even yeah. a concept. Right, well, yeah. the same with my grandparents. I would hope you all mm-hmm. would feel... Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. like, yeah, I feel an emotional connection to Grandfather William in particular. Yes. 
so yeah, like I, I think that's part of the value of, of ancestor veneration and ancestor worship and working with your ancestors, however you look at it, is that it allows you to build those connections and deepen those. I have emotional resonances, I guess, with those people through you, through mm-hmm. the stories that you guys have told me. Mm-hmm. But now, as an adult on my own doing this work, I've learned to interact with them as an individual, right? right? So, like, I have now my own individual relationships colored by the emotional resonance that I got from you guys, right. mm-hmm. but I've built my own relationships with them as my ancestors. I don't know. I think that's I think that's very cool, and I think that's why ancestor worship is, and ancestor work is so valuable because it takes them out of the realm of like someone else's memory and into a more visceral spiritual place yeah Uh, a connected place exactly yeah and and because you know you have to put work into those relationships and and they do become actual relationships Mm -hmm. instead of just like ghosts like memory ghosts yeah exactly i think that's really really important because my grandparents and your father's dado, they were gone long before he and I were married. Mm -hmm. So the only way to connect with them is through ancestor worship, really. So I think, and the cultures that make ancestor worship a A a real priority, I think that is one of the reasons why family is so much a part of their culture because they've had that veneration for so long that it's just family is important. Yeah. Cause we here in America don't have that. No, cause we don't really have that. <laughs> At least not white America. I don't know. Maybe no. Hispanic America. I, yeah. I believe that people who have that in their culture, bring that with them into, mm-hmm. you know, when they into come diaspora, into diaspora. But I do think that's something that's lacking in, in European white families, yeah. <laughs> white American families. Yeah. We, we have this disconnect from each other that we didn't used to have. I feel like we used to, back in the day, had more of a connection between families. Well, and I wonder if it's even like that in Europe, or if this is a, like, you came to America on a boat a billion years ago and cut all ties with your family in Europe. Right. Sort of a situation, you know, like... But just my, the distance. But like you mentioned, my grandfather, William, mm-hmm. he was a historian. And so, I mean, right. his side of the family, they kept incredible records. records yeah. They kept a lot of records. They told they were all stories. Writers. They were, yeah, writers and teachers and blah. So, and blah. And blah. <laughs> this is the blah episode. The blah episode. The blah episode. They cared about their family. And he, he came from a, a very, very large family that had even more extended family. I think in a way, they still had that idea of connection, but somehow it didn't get passed on to their children. And I think their grandchildren. Our, our grandparents, so which would be known as the greatest generation, right? Okay. So mm-hmm. it's pre-boomer. Yeah, right. right? So that's so, like right post-World War II. Uh, or is it World no, War it's, II? It's, it's World War, post-World okay, War post-World I. Post-World yeah. War I. Your grandmother's Born. World War II. Okay. Yeah. So that, that greatest generation, I think, has those very, or had those very close mm-hmm. ties mm-hmm. to family. Family lived with them for a long time. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of this, like, moving across the country. Mm-hmm. If they moved, they moved mm-hmm. within the same town. They still got together for Sunday. Sometimes just down the dinners. street. Right. Sometimes just, right next door, mm-hmm. right? They just built a house on the next piece the next of land. Plot, right. Yeah. yeah. But as boomers came along and started kind of, which would be our parents. Right. Came along and started like growing up and that kind of stuff. College was a bigger deal. Right. Right. So boomers so, really got that like quote American dream. That right. American yep. dream. Yep. Get a house. That was that generation. Two, yes. 2.5 yep. kids. That, yeah. The and American so 
there was that sort of And so that was that disconnect. So they left their parents and moved to bigger cities mm-hmm. uh, or moved into the or, city. Or out into suburbs. Right, or then the, the burbs, right. Our generation, so Gen X, mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of continued that whole boomer thing. Mm-hmm. That trend. Actually, that I, trend. Think, I think we like made it even more of a disconnect because when I was growing up, my mom and dad, the our family vacation, we didn't go to Disney World, we didn't go camping. Our family two, reunions. Our, it was family reunions. We went to see his parents and family, and we went to see my mom's parents and family. That was our entire vacation. Th- that said, though, like, my family didn't do that. And like, your family was more... No, they weren't at the time, were they? I was well, going to say your family was more rural, but, but my your, your father's family, family was... My, yeah. my mother's family was town. Was they, townies. Were, but, they were townies. But your family was older. Yes, that's and right. that's what I'm saying is I, I feel like they still had that connection. So they maybe still had a little of they that, still had that greatest that, generation I, vibe. Right, yeah, yes. Yep. They still had that vibe going on. But then after my siblings and I grew up, we splintered and that we and my cousins. That's the we other lost thing. that connectivity. That's the other thing, though, is you're much much younger than all of your siblings. Yes, I am. Yeah. So your siblings are boomers. That's true. I'm Gen you're X. Gen X. Right, yeah, That's yeah, because you're very <laughs> early Gen X. That's yeah. true. So I would say it's it started with my boomer siblings, mm-hmm. yep. and then connect did even more so with me and with you as Gen Xers. Right. Yep. Because my my experience, so like my parents are definitely boomers because they they were born in '46, which is the whole thing with boomers it's, was it was the baby mm-hmm. boom after post World War Two. Post World War Two. Your parents were actually pre-born yeah, pre World yeah. War Two. Yes. So they would be greatest generation. Yes. They Just were sort of the tail end of yep, it. Yeah. The ta- the tail end of it. So I think that what we're seeing now is more of this coming back together. Yes, I would agree. Yeah. Well, and part of that is because the American dream stopped working. Yes. I don't know if the American dream ever worked. Well, it seems we, we, to work we went for in, boomers. We went into, no, they there went into illusion. a crap ton of debt That's true. in order to yeah. accomplish the American dream and then realized that this wasn't really it. Like we, we, we foobarred it. Although, although a lot of boomers did manage to like buy houses. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And pay them off. Yeah. Which is something that not a lot of Gen Xers or millennials have accomplished. I don't know that boomers actually paid off their house. I don't know. I'd have to look into the what, what, on it. I think what they did was they sold it and moved into and bought another house. They just kept that process going. So they bought yeah. bigger when their kids were born. Yeah. And then they downsized when their kids were out of the yeah. house. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so the my point, point is, is right. that I think that that's, that's coming back together where families are becoming a little because bit more that, close-knit. Well, and because that debt cycle has been revealed as what it is, which right. is right. a death trap. And so I think, though, because witchcraft, Wicca, paganism is becoming more popular, more people are coming to understand the importance of ancestor veneration that other cultures have been practicing well, and it's not just other cultures. I mean, like Catholics. So I do want to talk about this because we're talking about non-traditional ancestors mostly in this mm-hmm. episode, not your blood relatives. That's right. True. Or here. Yeah, we do need to. <laughs> or when, or when you're born, when you were born. <laughs> I guess we need to skip off to that pretty um, kitten trail. The kitten trail. Kitten trail. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you all would get that. Okay. I did. <laughs> oh, it took me a second. <laughs> no, but so, so something I want to point out is that like, like, yeah, there's ancestor veneration in a lot of traditions, but I want to look at Catholicism again, even though yes. like, we just did this recently with saints. Saints, I think that is a part of ancestor veneration light. 
for oh no, I oh think not lies. It's, it's okay, not lies. Very unambiguous. Okay. How about just not your like direct ancestors, but they're supposed to be essentially your spiritual ancestors. That's true. Yeah. So how about just ignoring the fact that it's you know ancestor generation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, having the saints intercede for you. Yeah. Is a form of ancestor worship. Or Mary, yeah, the yeah. mother of yeah. Jesus. Because those are the humans, right? The yeah. dead humans. Right. Who We've have elevated. Who, who have been, been elevated, elevated to, 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 to higher spiritual positions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And because they were human and you're human, they work on your behalf mm-hmm. with God. But right. they were special humans. Right, but it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Like, cause that's, we don't elevate every human right. who ever dies in right. pagan traditions either. We elevate special humans who did special mm-hmm. things and mm-hmm. were important to us. That's, that's exactly what saints are. That is very true. And that's probably why Protestants foam at the mouth whenever probably, you bring yeah. up saints. But the funny thing is, Protestants have their own version of it. They just don't really... Do they? I didn't know about this. Tell me about this. Well, you know, I don't know that they would say it was ancestor worship or ancestor veneration, but like the great preachers that they they lift up. Yeah. The, and the like Billy Graham? Like, well, yes. Yeah, Billy, like Billy Graham, Graham. C.T. Stud. Is he dead? I don't know. Yeah, yes. He did yeah, pass yeah. away. <laughs> um, he did live a very long time. He did. Yeah, it felt like he was alive forever. Yeah. Over 90 years. Yeah. So the dude who did the, the sermon, the sinners in the hands of an angry God. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't think of who he is. Yeah. But people like that. C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis is an author, but yes, he was a Christian author, so he was highly venerated. He's all the- Jonathan Edwards. Thank you, Jonathan Edwards. Thank you, Sage. Even though they don't necessarily- they don't light candles to them, or they don't- but you can- I can damn well assure you they probably have pictures somewhere. Well, and, you know, (laughs) one of the saints in Catholicism is what Christianity is basically based on. Paul. Yeah. So, I mean, really, we don't have Christianity. No, we, we have, have Paulism. Pauline, we have yeah, Pauline, we've talked about Paulism. that. Yeah. yeah. We've had so, Paulism. Wouldn't you agree, though? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would certainly say so. I mean, like, I remember, like, when I worked at the big church in Grand in uh-huh. Granville, mm-hmm. every January we had a week of prayer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I would go in very early in the morning. I do remember this. Like 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. And turn on the sound system and get music playing and get ready for the you know, the beginning of the prayers for the day, mm-hmm. even though there had been people praying overnight. Right. We didn't do anything for them. So <laughs> they just had to Right. Had to suffer. Look, had it, to, was, had it, was, to, it was enough that I got up at fucking four AM. Yeah. So they had to um, suffer. But it makes you more holy. But I would right. I would sit there while they were doing their whole thing mm-hmm. and I would post on my Twitter feed and my Facebook feed quotes from great theologians. Mm -hmm. One that has always stuck with me is a guy named C.T. Studd. C.T. Studd said, which is a great name, by the way, said, I would much rather live within shouting distance of hell than the grandest church in America. You posted that while at the big (laughs) church in Granville? Yes. (laughs) But but that's because that's what resonated with me, mm-hmm. right? Even when I was in Christianity, I was always about like, who's yes. on the outside looking in? Oh, because he's always been fringe. on the fringe. Yeah. Yeah. Always been on the fringe. And and I don't think that's that many people knew who C.T. Studd was, yeah. but yeah. it was somebody I, you know, right, respected. Respected. Yeah. And think about Christian universities too. They, you know, they're named after famous Christian theologians, yep. or they've got statues of. Famous Christian theologians, or you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's true. I guess I didn't. I wasn't thinking of those things as an ancestor veneration because it doesn't have the like big pomp and ritual, right? Of, right. Like, Catholicism. Exactly. But the, they do light the candles and say the names and have the rosaries and the little medallions and stuff. But the vibe is there. Yeah. 
It does have, like, it doesn't have the same kind of, like, energy, I mm-hmm. guess, that, like, Catholic ritual and pagan ritual, which mm-hmm. have so mm-hmm. much in common, do. But I guess it is sort of like the stripped down, almost commercialized, like, American version yeah. of... And I think part of that comes from the fact that Protestant Christians uh, say that there is a, a cloud of witnesses or saints. You become saints. All members of the church. Yeah, all, yeah. All, prod- all Christians are saints. I never heard this one. Anyway, I all think- Christians are saints? Yeah. yeah. Well, after death. After death. That's that's a thing that we were taught in the evangelical. I family. never heard that one. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's because you were going to <laughs> Sunday saints. school and yeah. we were sitting in church. <laughs> that's right. But anyway, but anyway, moving on from that, I also think, what about like our statues? Mercifully torn down? Mercifully torn down, but also like a, like Lincoln or whatever. That's a kind, when it's done in a, a way to commemorate oh, someone yeah, no. or remember somebody. No, no question. The Lincoln Memorial is a shrine to Lincoln. Absolutely. Yeah. As, like, is, so, as is the yeah. Washington Memorial. And monument, you mean? The, or, yeah. The yeah. Mon- <laughs> I was wrong about the memorial. It's a monument. The monument, but it's named after him. It's in honor yeah. of him. Yeah. Right. I think the Lincoln one is especially it's obvious especially. because it has his likeness. Well, and well, it, look, most it looks of them like do. a Roman yeah. temple or a Greek yeah, temple. Yeah. You know, they were really into the it's Greek and the, Roman style. It's got the aesthetic. It's got yeah. the aesthetic of temple going on. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been there. You get the sense of it's very quiet mm-hmm. and it's very respectful and there's almost an air of worship. You well, know? and that's why things like the I Have a Dream speech happened. In front of mm-hmm. the Lincoln, actually on the steps of... Because you're pulling on that right. power, yeah. right? So there's Martin Luther King Jr. pulling on the gravitas that was mm-hmm. Lincoln in order to do his I Have a Dream speech. Well, that was basically... I mean, he could have set up and done it anywhere, anywhere on the mall, yeah. yep. right? But they chose to do it right in front of the Lincoln Memorial, actually mm-hmm. on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. Mm-hmm. Well, and for two reasons, probably. Because one, the statement of doing it in front of, quote, the great emancipator. Yep. And two, yeah, definitely pulling on the, the power of the place. Right, The yep. power the of presence. the place. Yeah. Absolutely. Rabbit makes a good point that Joseph Smith isn't a saint in, in the Mormon, in Mormon tradition. Yep. But there is a picture of him in every Mormon building, so there's a veneration there yep. as the founder of their faith. Well, yep. isn't he supposed to be a prophet? He is. Yeah, he yeah. is meant to be a prophet. So he's even that's, higher that's, than that's a saint. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that, that, that puts you higher up than a saint. Yep. So yep. I think there is veneration of ancestors, whether you're related, to whether them or you're not, related right? to them or not, that goes on even if you recognize it as ancestor worship veneration or not. That's that kind of my whole point. Yeah, just like this. there's a there's an unconscious sort of drive in humans to mm-hmm. recognize the greatness of the figures from our past. Yes, right, absolutely, yep. and I mean, to elevate that. I mean, right. I'm you know I'm no longer a Christian. Obviously, but um, <laughs> I would never have guessed that. But like, I would consider Dietrich Bonhoeffer and Martin Luther King Jr. as two of the ancestors that are sure. not in my line, right? That I would venerate along with Harriet Tubman, and that's thanks of course, to Her- which Doctor Utu. Mm-hmm. But Harriet Tubman is kind of like Christian and a little bit of witch. Yeah. <laughs> but so. also, when we when we attended last year at Michigan Pagan Fest, the elevation of Tichaba, right. she mm-hmm. was essentially being elevated as the first witch mother of America. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so I've included her as an ancestor in my own private mm-hmm. right. under- practice. practice. Pull them for wherever. And Dietrich and right. Bonhoeffer was not in anything other than a Christian. I mean, he's as Christian as you get. Very, but, you know, straight, normal, standard straight Christian. Christian. But he was also, he, you know, he fought 
for justice in Nazi Germany. You know, he, he tried to rescue Jewish people. Yeah. Right. And stood against his own people. He stood against Germany, you know, and German people against Hitler. Yeah. So, as a person of German heritage, that is one of the reasons why I venerate Dietrich Bonhoeffer, even though I'm no longer a Christian. What if the greatest tabletop hero you ever played turns out to be yourself? In Vector, Attack of the Meta Pirates, move beyond the imagination as Captain Vector and his Meta Pirates do battle from game world to world. Follow players from setting to setting in an attempt to enter the real world. Will you help Captain Vector in his Pinocchio-like quest to enter the real world? If you're owed, the answer is yes. Unexpectedly, yes. Yeah. Or stop him from becoming a living nightmare. Yes. No. <laughs> Only you can decide. Not Odor Gwyn. <laughs> Vector, Attack of the Meta Pirates can be purchased on drivethroughrpg.com. That's drive, T-H-R-U, RPG.com on a pay-what-you-want basis. And it's, it it's, sounds like a lot of fun. It is a it lot is of fun. A lot and of you fun. guys yep. have played it. Yep. Yep. Car yep. and I played Vector, Attack of the Meta Pirates in Mother Multiverse, and it's a good time. Yep. And as Joe Frost just said, please help Vector become a real boy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Why do you sound like you're from like 1920s New York? <laughs> uh, yeah. Because I'm a minion. So the question I wanted to ask yeah. you, when it comes to stuff like historical figures, mm-hmm. especially historical figures, not exclusively, but I think especially historical figures who were not of the same religion as you mm-hmm. and were specifically of a religion that would have objected to you. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What's your vibe on that? I think for me, part of it is I'm not asking him for anything. I'm not asking Martin Luther King Jr. So you're not, for anything. So you're not having, you're not building the same kind of relationship no. for with, me, with them that you are with blood ancestors. Right, exactly. Or even with, uh, like with Tichba, I would build a relationship because she had more of the, the witch thing going on. Right. But no, I, it's just it for me, and that may be different for other people because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still relatively new to ancestor veneration. It's a respect. It's venerating them for who they were, not asking them for anything in return, but just honoring them. And if they want to shower me with their wisdom, that's up to them. <laughs> so um, I don't know if it's the same thing or not. Have you ever gotten a response? Not anything I would say would, you know, other than neutral. Okay. So just like, like nobody's picking up the phone or? I would, uh, I would say, hmm, I would say awareness, but just be like. But disinterest. (laughs) Disinterest or like, oh, okay, that's nice. (laughs) Nice to be remembered kind of thing. So probably no different than when the secular person remembers. Yes. Most likely. Okay. But I haven't really tried to move beyond just a basic veneration. I don't have their pictures. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not burning candles for them. Uh, you know, things like that. Right. You just generally respect them. Yeah. Okay. Something Gwen mentioned the other day was she asked if, like, she mentioned... Oh, yeah. Anne Frank. This and was putting a, Anne Frank on an ancestor altar. This was a, a thought exercise. <laughs> yeah. Gwen mentioned, you know, Anne Frank. You could put Anne Frank on an ancestor mm-hmm. altar. And I had like a viscerally, no, don't do that reaction to mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And then I had to go away and think about that reaction for a while and figure out why. I figured out the specific reasons that I personally wouldn't be comfortable putting Anne Frank on my ancestor altar. Mm-hmm. 
And I figured out sort of the more abstract reasons that I think apply more broadly. Mm -hmm. So the specific reasons I wouldn't be comfortable putting Anne Frank on my altar Mm -hmm. would be that Anne's words have been revised extensively. Mm -hmm. Her sexuality was removed from her work. Her Jewishness was removed from her work. Her pain and suffering were removed from her work. And her suffering and death in Belden-Bachau were forgotten Mm -hmm. and removed from her work. The emphasis was on making her sweet and pure and innocent and a light in the darkness out of the Holocaust, right? Mm-hmm. and on universalizing her. So I'm personally profoundly uncomfortable mm-hmm. taking Anne out of a Jewish context and putting her onto my heathen shrine. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. The other thing is that we have one piece of text from Anne. She was 13 to 15 when she wrote it. Mm-hmm. She was literally a child when she died. What she wrote then was written under extreme duress, under horrifying circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yes, she was extremely clever and bright mm-hmm. and hopeful, but she was also suffering. Yeah. And I don't think we, from that one piece of work that we have of her, even when you get the unexpurgated copies mm-hmm. of Anne's diary, even mm-hmm. when you get it without the revisions, right? you're still seeing such like a narrow window into this child's life. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a, and this is where we start branching into the broader problems that I have sometimes with people pulling historical figures onto their altars without really thinking about them. Mm-hmm. is that I think sometimes we don't bring the actual person to our altar. Mm-hmm. We bring the safe surface level vision of them. That's fair. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like I wouldn't want to put the symbol of Anne Frank on my altar because mm-hmm. that's all it would be would be the symbol of Anne Frank instead of the right. person of Anne Frank. I do want to bring up one thing if you, if for people who are interested in Anne Frank, not necessarily to put on their altar as a, as an ancestor, right. but that there's a new documentary out about her that is very open and really very moving about who she was as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and talks about all the shit. All the revisions. All, yes, yeah, all yeah. the revisions. Father made. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and the playwrights made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it tries to introduce you to the true... The real Anne Frank. Person. Mm-hmm. Yep. The real Anne. The real Anne. Yep. So I highly recommend that. Yep. It's uh, yep. it's on Netflix. Yep. What's it called? And Fr- I think it's hashtag Anne Frank. Okay. Because, you know. You guys watch a lot of documentaries. Yes, we, we do. <laughs> and Helen Mirren is the host and also reading from her diary. She's reading the excerpts. So it's really beautiful. So, but that was something I was thinking about while I was sort of cycling my feelings on this situation. And I think it's, so you'll often see Anne especially described as being a secular Jew, Mm -hmm. but her parents definitely were. Right. Right. Otto definitely was. Mm -hmm. But when, so ironically, when the Germans came to the Netherlands, where mm-hmm. they had moved to escape the Nazis. Right. They made it so that Jewish children couldn't go to public schools, and they had to go to Jewish schools. So mm-hmm. Anne went to a Jewish school and became a faithful religious Jew while right. she was there. Differently from her parents. And that's mm-hmm. why her faith and her Jewishness was removed from a lot of the text, because Otto didn't agree with it. Right. Because there's that history of removing her Jewishness, mm-hmm. I'm uncomfortable mm-hmm. Put it, pulling her into a different religious context. That's fair. And what, when I mentioned it, it, you know, it was more of the thought of if someone has a, if someone has that heritage uh-huh. or someone is, feels drawn to Anne Frank and understood well, and that is a possible person yes, that and they could the, connect to. The, yeah. My understanding is the Jewish, like there's the Jewish community in the Netherlands where mm-hmm. she and her family 
lived. Actually, has a picture of her. Yeah. Up in, like, the meeting room. Right. No plaque, no explanation, no name, but right. they all know who she is because right. she's part of their community. So I don't know if that's, like, an ancestor veneration thing for them or if it's just a remembrance thing for them, but mm-hmm. her presence is there. So. Right. Gemma said, I'd feel uncomfortable putting any Jewish person on my altar because I'm not part of that community, and it feels close to me. That's a yeah. fair point. Yeah, and then QQ says... Yeah, it is pretty closed. My husband, who is a Reformed Jew, talks about how they have been oppressed through the years. Appropriation, I feel, is a thing in the Jewish faith. Mm-hmm. To him, people have been trying to kill them and eradicate them for centuries, and they had to practice a lot of their traditions in secret. That's very true. And we see, uh, and to mention the appropriation from the Jewish faith and the Jewish people, the Kabbalah? Right. Mm-hmm. That's theirs. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, just like with chakras, use a shitty bad version of it that we stole. Yep, yeah. that's true. So, And that's one of the reasons also why I brought up Anne Frank, mm-hmm. is that we need to have these discussions. Yeah. You know? Like, should I put Dietrich von Hoffer and Martin Luther King Jr. on my altar, like pictures and right. light candles, because they were Christian? Right. You know. Well, and Martin Luther King Jr. has a similar problem that Anne Frank does, where his words are often taken out of context mm-hmm. to justify things he wouldn't have been okay with. Mm-hmm. He's sanitized and made softer and more right. accessible to white people than yeah. he really was, right? Mm-hmm. So, is it appropriate for me as a white person to venerate Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's something I'd have to, like, really process, I think. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, I can't tell you, and I'm not trying to tell any individual person who they can and can't venerate, who they mm-hmm. can and can't have on their altar. Your personal mm-hmm. practice is your business, right? right? Ask, actually listen to the responses, and and deal with the individual spirits in question. But... For me, this is complicated. Mm-hmm. So, ID said, mm-hmm. but where do you draw the line? Should you not venerate anyone of a differing faith? And then Rabbit said, there's a difference mm-hmm. between remembering them and appropriating them. And I feel like for me, Dietrich Bonhoeffer and Martin Luther King Jr., because I don't have them like physically on right. my ancestor altar, for me, it is probably more of a veneration in the remembrance way, in the right. honoring way, rather than what traditional veneration would be. And I think... Rather than, like, having my candle that I got from Utu. Right. Of Harriet Tubman. For Harriet Tubman, yeah. It, what I think with should you not venerate anyone of a differing faith, I don't think that's true. Mm-hmm. But I do think, which I just touched on, you should but know didn't more really about explain, them. right? You should know who the actual person is. Do your due diligence right. and go beyond just the surface. And there are multiple reasons for that, right? So first of all, You want to be dealing with the person and not the concept. Right. With the real authentic spirit and Mm -hmm. not the sort of masky thought form that we as a society have created for them. Right. And you need to know who this person is so that you can practice good discernment. Right. Because otherwise it's easy to be tricked. Right. By other spirits masquerading as them. That's true. Or by yourself. Which is why I think even if I were to put a a picture of Dietrich Bonhoeffer up and, and like, do a candle or something like that, I would be shocked if you got a if I got an actual anything other than, than indifference, which like I said, what I feel like I have gotten is is like, just like oh, that's nice <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. And I think that's the other thing is when you ask, actually listen. Yeah. Because I'm always telling people just ask mm-hmm. and get a response. Just yeah. ask what the solution to your problem is or what the answer to your question is. Mm-hmm. Ask the spirit involved. But that does necessitate actually listening to the response. Yeah. 
Okay, so I have three things. Okay. One is, one of the things you said when we were talking about Ani Frank. How it was pronounced in yeah. in the yeah. uh, documentary. Gotcha. One was that you wouldn't do it because of her age. Oh, that's so, part of it, yeah. So my question is, does age really matter when it comes to veneration? Not entirely. I think I'm personally uncomfortable having her on my altar because she was a child. Right. Mm-hmm. Not because she was a child, but because she was a child in this situation. Situation, right? And the mm-hmm. thing that we remember her for is her suffering in this situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm uncomfortable, I guess, venerating the suffering of this child. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. I can see that one. My next questions have uh, flown out of my head, which is really sad because they were fucking dope questions. I guess my thought was with on keep thinking on yeah, I am. with Annie Frank or Anne Frank. Um, is that people who are going through suffering or who are drawn to her because of the experience she had, whether they're Jewish or not, may be able to connect with her through that. Yeah. Not yeah, just not maybe, just yeah. have Anne Frank because she's Anne Frank, but because there's something going on in which she could relate to them and and understand where they're coming from. Maybe, yeah. Well and I don't know what the Jewish afterlife situation is. It was explained no to me yeah. briefly at one point a few episodes ago, but like not in detail. So like I don't know where Anne Frank or Annie Frank Annie Frank? Anna Frank. Anna Frank. Anna Frank. Yeah. Frank. I think it was Anna Frank. Anna Frank. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know where Anna Frank is in her afterlife. I don't know if she's even accessible in her afterlife. Yeah, maybe she's I not. Don't know. It's um, hard to say. You know, maybe I could ask and get no answer because she's busy doing, you know, Jewish afterlife things. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not saying that it would never be appropriate for someone to put her on their ancestor altar. And like I said, no one can tell you who you can and can't put on your ancestor altar. That's right. a private practice. And we have a comment from Shana that I face a problem trying to reach my Jewish ancestors often because I was raised Jewish and Protestant. If you have someone from a different faith you're trying to reach out to, is there a way you suggest getting past the hump of having a different faith background? And then Shana also remarks about the afterlife, that there is no afterlife depending on who you ask. It's the promised land, but forever for my fam, at least. So for getting past the the hump of a different faith background with ancestors, Mm -hmm. what works for some people is, and again, this is also a just ask situation because like I've reached out to some of my ancestors and been like, hey, you were like super Christian. Is this cool with you? And they've been like, yeah, whatever. I don't care anymore. (laughs) Um, I'd love to know who that was. (laughs) (laughs) Or I've gotten some like, I mean, I'm still a Christian, but you do whatever Mm -hmm. or, you know, and I've gotten the occasional like hang up and you know it just varies from person to person Yeah. but what works for some people is to bring that person's faith background like elements of that person's into, faith background into the into the worship into mm-hmm. the veneration and so I think that's if you like, have a Catholic right yeah. who you're trying to reach out to you maybe bring a rosary in that you knew that, that or, or the medallion for a saint that you knew they connected to the, or, good, the good news is with Catholics is lighting candles as part of their mm-hmm. thing so that does help yeah with Protestants, that's not as big a thing. Exactly. Depends on the Protestant religion oh, or, or denomination. Lutherans like do, yeah, do yeah, a lot of Yeah, because Methodists. Lutherans and Episcopalians and Methodists yeah. too. Are more yeah. Catholic-y. Yeah. So, um, They're all got Catholic light. But like in Utu's book, he talks about you are going to venerate Harriet Tubman. You should have... Right, you should include a, Christian a paraphernalia. Christian paraphernalia because she was predominantly a Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shana says, they're sort of timid and only handle the surface level stuff from what I've seen, like yelling at my dad to be nicer through me. I had a great-grandmother pop up and say, he needs to behave, and then dipped. 
That sounds like great interaction, Shayna. Yeah. That's more than a lot of people get sometimes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people have a really hard time connecting with their ancestors at all. Yeah. And really, the only time I've had really, I guess, thoughtful and, what are the words? Really Me- meaningful. Meaningful interaction with the rel- you know, with my ancestors that mm-hmm. I have on my altar, honestly, is at Salen. Because I'm not, I'm probably not as good at ancestor veneration as I should be. It's just not something I'm used to. Right. Um, I always go by the, you know, we, I walk by the, the mm-hmm. altar yeah, every day. Yeah, it's out in public. It's out in public and Multiple I. Multiple times a day. Yeah. All the way to and from the bathroom. Exactly. And I greet my ancestors and I think of them fondly and I don't necessarily like candles and and put food offerings and things like Mm. that. So that may be something that I need to start doing. Maybe ask. Um, Yeah, ask. So far for me, it feels like just the acknowledgement has been enough because most of my ancestors were Christian. (laughs) I've had a lot of my ancestors approach me or who who I've approached who their response has been basically like kind of what you get from regular family when you approach them mm-hmm. from a different religion. Like some of them are like, hey, fuck off. And some of them are like, well, you're still my granddaughter or whatever. So like, I don't understand you, <laughs> yeah. but whatever. <laughs> Join our tiger, Laura Driver, with the music of Aqua Girl. Aqua Girl is an indie pop musician with very chill, listenable synth tones, married to lyrics that are by turns hopeful and honest. All of Aqua Girl's tracks have their charms, but Ode suggests... Magic versus Fear, a song off the new album, The Woods, about choosing recovery. You can find Aqua Girl at aqua-girl.bandcamp.com. A forage well, I've made a home here. I'd rather die than return there. I never want to have to hear those words again. But there's this feeling in my heart that screams, I love you. That's right. Yes. Listen to Aqua Girl. Yeah, we yes. like Aqua Girl a lot. Yep. Car, have you come up with your question? No, I have no idea what the okay. fuck they were. Just think about Oh, there it is. Oh, no, no, it's not a question. But I'm going to interject here something completely not, a, not part of this. Kitten Trail? Yes, Kitten Trail. Somebody posted on our Facebook page about the different fucks. Oh. oh. <laughs> Yes. A, a Gwyn fuck, an Ode fuck, mm-hmm. and a Car fuck. The as far as how, how we say them. it. Right. So, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I think it was so Windy, Windy Skykicker. Sky Kicker, yep. It's who did it. And your all's answers were amazing. So, <laughs> yeah. fucking thank you. That was awesome. That made us laugh so hard you don't yep. even know. I think yours was, that was so fucking funny. Yours was... Cite your fucking sources. And yep. mine was, I'm not in your tradition and I don't give a fuck. Right, so, yeah. <laughs> that's what it was... Yeah. Referencing. Yeah, it was pretty amusing to see our expletives. Mine was fucking delicious. Yeah. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. It was it was pretty amusing to see our expletives used as personality tests. Yeah. Yes, and that's essentially <laughs> what it was. So anyway, back to ancestors yeah. who we are not related to, but Yeah, could... so I was so something I I wanted to I guess touch on is is ancestors really the right word? Maybe it's not. Because Cause I, I, like, even if you're working with them in the same way that you would work with ancestors, mm-hmm. or venerating them in the same way that you would work with ancestors, I mean, ancestor does mean a specific thing, mm-hmm. right? Like, it, it's people in your back heritage, essentially. 
black hat suggestive veterans, which I think would work for what so, I'm doing, you know, for what I do for the two that I've mentioned. Uh, and we do, like, in paganism, have terms like the venerated dead and the mighty dead. Right. And things like that. Thoughts, like, do you think that's more appropriate than ancestors? Or do you like the idea well, of sort of adopting... Well, intellectual I, ancestors. I, I see it in two different ways for me. Just to bring up the two I talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. For Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. I don't feel like a connection beyond how I feel about him as a person, right? Right. You respect him. I respect him and honor him. For Prince David Bowie, I see them as part of my lineage because of my music industry background. Okay. So... Mm-hmm. Even though it, it they are so sort of the way that like a professional rock, lineage, like blues, is in the ancestry of rock and roll. Correct. Right. right. Like, yep. Right. Yep. So like I know their experience. I've toured. Mm-hmm. Right. I know their experience. I've stood on stage in front of tens of, of thousands yeah. of people. So you can relate. To so them I can more relate, than you can relate to relate them to more. Ali. Correct. Yeah. Because you've never been a boxer. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Never been never a boxer. Been a boxer. Um, and never wanted to be. Although he did do a song with Sam Cooke for some kind of an album with Sam Cooke. So he does have some music in right. his background. Right, yeah, yeah. Muhammad Ali? Yes. Yeah. I see, like, ancestors as more than just blood, mm-hmm. more than just... Melkor says, like, a Hall of Kings thing, where not all kings were related, but they claimed them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it, but it... Because it fits in my group of people, like musicians are my group of your people. Community. I spent 30 years in heavily involved in musicians your, and your peers, right? Yep. Yeah. yep. And so to to venerate them in a in a way, I would I feel different doing that than I would like Muhammad Ali. Uh, QQ says so along those lines, a musician that you've grown up with and helped you through dark times because of their music could fit into this. I would say that's true. Like Chester Bennington. Yes, and Chester is... Oh, Chester. (laughs) It's great. So, oh, Chester. And uh, uh-huh. Alice Perch says, that's kind of how I feel about LGBT history. Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera right. are people I really respect. Yep. Yeah, because yeah, cause we have right. they're, similar they're your ancestors, yeah. right? Because right. of the yes. work they did, I am allowed to exist. Right. But I think yep. the same could be said for people who are in theater or drama or in the film profession, for people who venerate actors, who great actors. Who or directors. Or, or directors. Yeah, or writers. Yeah. Or writers. Right, yep. Artists. Absolutely. Just yeah. Any anyone along those lines who you understand their process, you understand what they might have gone through to create their art. And of course, we have in paganism spiritual lineages. Right. Uh, yep. Most Wiccans have Gerald Gardner somewhere in their spiritual yeah. lineage, right? Yeah. Right. But then again, you have this this uh, possibility of skimming off their reputation and not necessarily the person themselves, because we know a person by their art or right. their music, or their writing. And, uh, you know, if they're not putting who they are into their writing as an autobiographical I, kind of thing. One of my questions has oh, come back to me. There okay. you go. How do you really know a person who's now an ancestor? How do you really know a person who's alive today? True. <laughs> but, but can <laughs> yeah, you, right? Exactly. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, but, but one of the things someone. you had with with mm-hmm. Anne Frank was... I don't really know her. Right, I don't really know her. And what I've seen is just a sanitized version of who she really of, was. Of one, right. yeah, brief right. period in her life. Um, yeah. How do you then, anybody, really, like, for you, even Datto, right? Yeah. You don't really know him. All you have is my remembrances of him. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe some stuff my mom has said every once in a Occasionally, while. Occasionally, yeah. But so you're, you know, putting him as one of your ancestors, does that really work? Because you don't really know Dado. All you have, and literally all I really have, I mean, he only lived until I was 10. Right. Mm-hmm. 
So all of my remembrances of him are all the best things. Right. Right? I don't remember the bad things. Because you were 10. Because I was 10, right. Yeah. And he, he was a hero to you. Right, exactly. He's the reason why I had a dog. Even after both my parents said no. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's just one of those things where, you know, that's all I have of him are those great times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, him teaching me to cook. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things. He was the first person to take me fishing. And probably the last person because I didn't really enjoy it. But but he was the only person to take him fishing. Maybe I think I think my dad did take me once. But we can scrub that from the record. <laughs> it's fine. How do you do that? How do you work with somebody you know nothing really about, and all you have is my my memories, which are very skewed. Right. Good question. I mean, I used those memories, I used those stories to make a connection to a spirit that I'm pretty sure is Datto. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't know. And so... And maybe, if you can do that, why couldn't you do it with Anne? I don't know. I, you know what? Probably I could. I'm just not comfortable doing it. And that's it. fair. Right. And that's fair. Yep. But somebody else... Right. Someone else. May. And this is why I keep yeah. saying, I'm not saying you can't do. I'm right. saying... I'm not. Right, right. But those are my questions. Like, how do you, you know, kind of, it's a, it's, again, it's a tough question. I don't expect you to have no. a well, brilliant I, answer, although you are owed, so maybe, but. Well, and the other thing is, like, I, I don't really know you. Right. Right. Like, right. I live with you. Right. And I don't have an internal experience of you. Right. Right. right? And I still only see the parts of you that I have direct exposure to. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll, I, right, but, I will never know what your experiences were when you were in California. But you do know both the good and the bad of me. Right. You've seen me be an asshole, and you've seen good things, too. So you have so both I have sides a, of the I have right. a more complete picture. Yes. Correct. Yes. Yes. Owl's Perch says, I personally wouldn't split hairs like that. Personally, if I wanted to honor someone that I didn't know necessarily, but it brings me a sense of inspiration or reminds me of my of my purpose, I'm willing to keep at least a quote or a photo of them. Unless the spirit specifically tells me otherwise, I would just connect to them how I know of them. That's my thought as well. I agree with Alice Perch on that. I get that. I just don't like it. And that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. It's just where I'm at. Like, that's- I just, I have a discomfort with the idea of, and I think this is probably a discernment thing for me. Mm-hmm. I have a discomfort with the idea of connecting to, like, an interpretation of a person that mm-hmm. wasn't maybe what they intended, right? Mm-hmm. But is that true of everybody you connect to? Sure, yes. This is what I'm saying. Right. Including living people. I'm, I can only connect to the persona you present to me, right? Right. Yeah. And you can only connect to the person I present to you. That's just how the limits of humanity are. Yep. But I feel like there's a difference between the persona that you present to me and the Hollywood version of you, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like there's a difference there that I need to be consciously aware of. Because otherwise, how do I know who I'm talking to? Right. Mm-hmm. And uh Shana asks... If you have one you're trying to reach out to and another one that another one that was close to the original one constantly butting in, how do you manage it and tell the difference? And that's the discernment and thing. And that's the discernment thing. I, I think it Which it unfortunately does, just is a shitty process you have to be yeah, constantly going I, through. I think it really does come down to trying to do as much, especially if it's someone who well, well, actually, if it's someone in your family or not, do as much research into this person as you can. Find out what other people have to say about them. Find find their personal writings if you right. can, beyond just what their professional writings might have been. Right. You know, things 
quotes that they've said about themselves so that you have about other topics about other topics can also be instructive exactly so that you have a better picture of the person that you're looking into like i love to i have a really great book about dietrich bonhoeffer Mm -hmm. that was it was a great biography and but then i also have books that he wrote to try to get this picture together plus i've watched documentaries and and things like that to try to get as full of a picture of him as i can same with Martin Luther King Jr., watching the documentaries about him, reading what people have said, reading his full sermon, you know, right. instead of just a quote. Just the excerpt. Right. Yeah, that kind of thing. So Saren said, venerating the dead does not mean endorsing the full content of their lives. Yes, that's Absolutely true. true, yeah. And I'm true. not saying that it does. I'm just saying I want a fuller picture of the person if I'm going to try to, like, actually connect to them. Right. And I, and think, I do think there's a difference between memorializing the dead yeah. and working with the dead. Yeah. Like, right. true. I think you can memorialize whoever you want. And honor them. And honor mm-hmm. them, right? Like, I don't have any problem honoring the legacy of Anne Frank. Anna Frank. I just am not comfortable working with her, trying to work with her. And Sarah says, oh, wanting the fuller picture is legit. Yeah. So... <laughs> So, like, I'm not saying, like, you must know. I'm not trying to do a purity culture thing where I'm saying, like, there might be secrets in this person's past that you don't agree with, and that would be bad. Like, lots of our ancestors, mm-hmm. chosen or blood, are going to have had shitty behaviors or opinions. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rabbit said you don't want to venerate an asshole. But that said, everybody was an asshole at some point. Yeah, exactly. You have limited options if that's what you're going to do. Right. It's sort of the the same track or a similar tack that I take with authors, with heathen authors, is lots of them are assholes. Lots of them I don't agree with everything they have to say. But they might have some good things to say, mm-hmm. right? right? So I just need to know what their shitty positions are so I can kind of filter it out while I'm reading. Right, <laughs> all right. So Sarah said... Yes. This is something to keep in mind. The qualities and the things that you connect to the dead may only hook you into the qualities you want to or need to hook into. I honor the warrior and military dead as a part of my own work with Odin. Casting judgment on them is not part of that work. There, This is a big difference between bringing one of these dead into your life versus honoring them as a class of the dead. Bringing a warrior dead into my life personally, especially if they did some horrible stuff, would likely need to be worked out with the dead person, whereas I cannot even begin to do that with an entire class of the dead. Yes, that's a really, really good point. Because sometimes you do work with not an individual. Right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you do work with a group. Mm -hmm. And especially when you get into, like, groups like the Warrior Dead, obviously, or the Battle Dead. But, like, when you get farther back to points where they're... Ancient. Ancient. Yeah. Ancestors. And, like, maybe they're individuals. I can't really tell the difference. Right. All I know is, like, someone very, very, very old is there and has an opinion. I can't tell if that's one individual, very, very, very ancient human, or just ancient humans in general expressing an interest. Right, right. Because my brain's just not wired for them. Right. Right. Car, did you ever come up with your My third question? No. I think it comes down to is perhaps for yourself defining what is an ancestor, what is the mighty dead or, um, you know, veterans. Right. Or, and how do you, if, do you work them into your practice? How do you work them into your practice? Right. Deciding how do you work with them or just honor them. Right. Deciding sort of 
what you're doing. Because we often talk about these things sort of all interchangeably, working right. with the dead, venerating the dead, worshipping the dead, as if they're all sort of one thing. And they're not. But really. they're not completely, right? Like, right. there are different sort of levels of engagement mm-hmm. there. And I would say my level of engagement is honoring. I don't really work with the ancestors. Mm-hmm. I don't work with the mighty dead, mm-hmm. but I honor them. So for me, that's where I'm at in this. It's more of a veneration kind of a thing for right. me. But you would work with them. Right. Yeah. I work with the dead more yeah. actively, I yeah. guess. So, Which may be why you and I have sort of different levels of, of comfort of, with of, mm-hmm. who we're willing to pull into that process. Right. Plus also, you know, I do, I have worked, I'm not recently, but I have worked obviously as a, as a psychic medium. So I mm-hmm. tune into a lot of spirits that I got no connection with. Right. That you don't know anything about. <laughs> so that, uh, or, or any personal or relationship any, with. Or, or any yeah. personal relationship with. And that can be at a place or in a reading with a person mm-hmm. and their ancestors. So that that may be where that's coming from, too, is just that I'm kind of used to... You're used to dealing with people you don't know a whole lot about. Exactly. Yeah. I don't do any of this, yeah. really. And, so, and, I mean, no, I mean, this is, for me, it's a... Uh, I mean, there are definitely people that I would say I admire greatly. Um, I would say venerate's probably too strong of a word. Mm-hmm. Honor? Yeah, there are some I honor more than I admire, mm-hmm. right? But that was even true in Christendom. You know, when I was part of that, like, there was just nobody, like... Well, one of the things you brought up, so here, third question. Oh, okay, <laughs> I got it. Got it. So, so one of the things you were talking about was, like, not knowing the full person and that kind of stuff. Right. So, for Christians, how does that work with Jesus? Because oh, Because all we have is third-hand knowledge, right? Yeah. Or second-hand, maybe, but... Yeah, depending on who you believe. Who you believe authors. wrote it, right, yeah. exactly, so... Well, in that case, he's been deified. He's been made into a god. How do we know our own gods? Right. Right. Yeah. It's it's the same situation there. I guess in Christianity, the book is supposed to be divinely inspired. Yes. Supposed to be. It's supposed to be. So, for Christians, I assume they just can take it at face value. But there are They're trained to take it at face value. ...who venerate and honor Jesus... Right. Mm -hmm. ...as a, you know, just a really good dude, right? Right. Or as a deity. There are Christian Wiccans in that case, you know. QQ says, fandom Jesus versus canon Jesus. Which one do you go with? (laughs) Right. That's true. Yeah. So, so, but my question is, we all work with deities, Mm -hmm. right? right? Not all of us. Some of us work with deities. How do you, like, it? that's basically based on pretty much UPG. Because at some point, it was all somebody's UPG. Yeah. And it's just become VPG. Right. Right. So, so how do you like put that into context with basically our gods mm-hmm. are our ancestors in some way? Sort of. Right. So they've just gotten to a higher level, right? I guess. I don't know if I'd go they've, that uh, far, but there are certain there traditions are some, that do, yeah. though. Yep. Yeah. And so they've, I don't know, leveled up. For lack of a better way of putting it. Um, and their class changed. They got a prestige class. Right. They got a prestige <laughs> class. So th- th- that was my my third question was like, how do you like? filter that in. Okay. With what? Well, we'll just stick with Jesus for right now because it's it's easy. Shall I read what Sarah's wrote? Sure. Okay. While you think of what you're trying to say. Um, my While under- I think of what the question specifically is. Yeah. My understanding of an acknowledgement of Christ's divinity does not suffer in polytheism. The reason being that apotheosis exists in polytheism. Mm-hmm. Them worshiping a dead man, whether one that is the or a son of God or not, is rather besides the point to my mind. It is not it is not right to merely chalk it up to cult of personality or this is could be paint could be painting many gods such as Antonius and Heracles in a similar poor light. Oh that's no, a, I think that's a very good point. I mean I do think 
Christ, the Christian Christ, a is a deity. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I, like, I don't have any... So is their father God. Yeah. You know, their creator. Right. I don't Absolutely. have any, I don't have any doubts about that. It's just yeah. not mine. Right. Yep. So how would you... Somebody just brought up Adam and Eve. Oh, yeah. Those should be... Those, I would consider them ancestors. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Probably if, far if enough believe, back that I couldn't... If you believe them to be... Right, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I don't believe yeah. because that's not how evolution indicates that we came to exist. But if I was in a... So, but like, ask an embla. Yep. And Sarah's just brought... Yeah. Ask an embla, I would say, are ancestors. Yeah. Now, I've never, like, gotten in contact with ask an embla, mm-hmm. but maybe there's so far back there in that primal, that primal ancient primal human real. section where I just, like, don't really differentiate mm-hmm. very well. Exactly. So please clarify your, what your question was. Well, I just... So one of the things was we don't know enough about a the particular... human Jesus? Right. So we don't... We wouldn't know enough about the human Jesus because none of it is... Even some of it could be secondhand, depending on who you believe okay. wrote it, to venerate them, right? Based on what you were saying Based earlier. on my preference for... Correct. Right. I'm not saying no one can. I'm saying I right. wouldn't be comfortable. Correct, yeah. Yeah, so I just, and I know Jesus isn't your thing, but no. throw Odin in there or something. You know, we don't know enough about Odin from the perspective that you picked of what you need to believe for ancestor veneration. So is there a difference between divinity yes. and ancestor veneration and why? I think that there is, and I think that the difference is that they were never humans. Mm-hmm. I would agree with like, that. Okay, so that screws... Odin, Odin was never a human being who became a god. Odin right was born a god. So that screws up my Celtic thing completely because... Uh, well, not of, for you it doesn't. Just well, right. <laughs> but, 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 but like, all the Celtic gods, mm-hmm. right, uh-huh. were humans at one point. And then they were driven underground. Okay. Mm-hmm. Kind of became gods. Right. right. I'm but, not saying humans can't become gods. Right. And and I also think... human hairs have. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for you. Okay. And I also think... Okay. I, think that's, I think that's where I'm at is like, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not 100% sure on what the question is, and consequently, I don't have a good answer for it. can okay. I also say, I think one person's belief on how ancestor right, yeah. worship works does not inform they everyone. Correlate. They don't have to correlate or inform everybody else's. So your, you know, your Celtic ancestors and, and beliefs about deities, fine. Right, <laughs> it's right. not affected. Right. right, yeah, I think the thing for me is that, like, I believe we can all be right simultaneously differently. Right. Does that make sense? Perfect. Saren says, sorry, the not agree regarding gods and humans, since, as I pointed out, we have apotheosis. Lines blur when it comes to divine categories sometimes. Also true. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's complicated. It, it's complicated. And, and, and I'm not, uh, like, a theologian. I, yeah. What's the pagan version of a theologian? Or like a philosopher. A, I'm not or... a, yeah, like, I'm not a, I'm not a specialist in divinity. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's where it comes down to. So, and I don't think that we can really apply all of our, how we would approach this perspective about ancestors necessarily to how we work with and respond to deity. Because personally, for me, that's two separate things. And somebody mentioned earlier, you know, if we're talking about ancestors, shouldn't Adam and Eve be up on a Christian's altar as an ancestor? And if I was still a Christian... Do Catholics... Are Adam and Eve saints in Catholicism? Oh, I don't know. Mm, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, but like, if if I was still a Christian, I could and was into ancestor worship. Unless I only strictly viewed it as a myth, I could. I would probably be like, yeah, that kind of makes sense because they would be ancestors at that point. So would Lilith and all these others. With Lilith, I think the whole point with Lilith is that she's like a like she's separate. She was his first wife. Yeah, but I think the whole point with Lilith is that <laughs> yeah, humans were not 
her children. Yeah, yeah. Her children were demons. Yeah. Uh, and monsters. Point is, I, I can, I could see how if somebody, how somebody might do that, but I don't think they do. And yes, Eve is usually vilified enough to remove her from sainthood. That's true. Eve is always blamed for the fall uh, of humankind because she was tempted first. Right. So yeah, that's a really good point. So no, she wouldn't count as a saint and probably neither would Adam because they got kicked out of the fucking garden. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Although all the other saints are also humans. Yes, but they've been forgiven because they... Were Adam and Eve never forgiven? That's the big question. <laughs> they were pre-Jesus. They were pre-Jesus. Yeah, but doesn't Jesus, isn't the cross thing <laughs> supposed to forgive everyone previously? Like, I don't know. There isn't post-cross. That's another one of those theologian questions. Yeah, God, I don't know so, enough about Christianity for I this don't, question. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. That's where I am right now. It may yep. not be where I am forever. Yeah, you may, your, your opinion may, may mm-hmm. change. And again, I think it's up to every individual to determine what works for them when it comes to ancestor worship or veneration of saints or veneration of anyone who is outside their bloodline. However that works for you, I think it's up to you as an individual to to suss that out. And don't let what one person's opinion or experience... Especially mine. (laughs) ...experience is inform your own. You know, do your research, figure out what you believe, and go from there, and don't let anyone else discourage you if what you feel you're doing is right for Mm -hmm. you. Because it's your practice. It's private practice. What what you do in private practice is always what's right for you. Exactly. And that's, you know, we're solitary, so... (laughs) That works out fine for us. I don't know how that works in a coven. Maybe in a coven they do care what you do in your private practice in addition to your public practice. I don't know. I've never been in one. All right. So that's it for this episode of Three Pagans (laughs) and a Cat. I'm sorry I asked hard questions that had no answer. Well, unfortunately... Um, or at least that I don't have answers to. But, but those weren't bad questions. They were good questions. Yeah, yeah. Good questions. I Very just don't have questions. answers to them. And sometimes you're not going to have Because I'm an not a theologian. Yeah, I'm a, yeah. I'm a regular lay person. Yes, right. I'm not even like a priest or... I like, I have no special knowledge. You're just, you're just the ode. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, yeah. A, just not, a... Not yet. Probably not ever. I'm just a regular heathen. <laughs> doing the best. And all I right. think that's what we can say about all of us. We're just doing our best here. We have said from the very beginning we're not that we are not fucking experts. We're not experts. Please do not take us as experts. We're just sharing our opinions. This is not holy writ. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right, all right. So that's it for this episode. Uh, if you want to find us, uh, there's this thing called Google. It's G-O-O-G-L-E. Are you Google sure? And, uh, <laughs> dot com. And when, when that pops up, you type in the number three, and then Pagans and a Cat. These bills. And Snarky. tons of shit will show up for you. And then you can <laughs> click on any of those links that show up when you type that in. Most of those links. Not any. Unless you put it in parentheses in Google, in which case it will only be shit about us. It's true. So um, <laughs> there's the way to find out more shit about us. And Google I'm going to ask you from car. Yes, Google food from car. And I'm going to ask you to come and visit me over on Patheos Pagan because it's been super slow over and read my my fellow writers because it's been super slow over at Patheos uh, just because everybody's thoughts are on other things but there's some really great articles being written by people so go ahead and check them out okay I think that's everything is that everything all right so I can hit stop you can hit yeah stop. please all do right. we're all tired we love you anyway though yes goodbye, goodbye.